This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rat. <laughs> Link. And Rat. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, you've asked us anything and everything, and oh, we yeah. will answer anything and, and everything. everything. At least the questions that we specifically chose from the questions that you asked. So it's not really ask us anything, well, it's ask us anything and we'll answer some things. But probably shouldn't sell it short because now it doesn't seem as epic as it could. The answers we're gonna give are, whew, they're gonna be. Could go anywhere. They could go anywhere. You've asked us anything and now we can answer anywhere. Um, and let me say, man. Say it, man. We've been shooting some stuff today. Oh, what a day. We got some mythical morning under our belt. Oh gosh. Um, I went to the bathroom in the middle of something that I guess we were eating something. We're always eating Hold something. Up, while we were eating, you were crapping your pants. <laughs> you no. should, I mean, this is the no. kind of thing. <laughs> this is the kind of thing you got to tell a brother. <laughs> no, there was a stop down, as we call it. There was like a, a pause in the mm. filming, and I went to the got restroom it. to get something out of my teeth, out Unders of the very back. Understood. I, I was just curious. Whenever you floss your teeth. What percentage of the time, uh -oh. I'm gonna ask you anything, is it? That's not how this works. Um, I'll answer though. Do you, do you floss all of your teeth because you just went in to floss one tooth crevice? And then you're like, well since I'm here, I'm gonna hit this one, and then I'm gonna hit this one. Cause that's what I did in the bathroom. There was something, I felt something in the back, like in a molar, and I got mm -hmm. that out, and then I was like, I'm gonna keep going. And before I knew it, I was mm -hmm. flossing every single Tooth crevice. I'd say 37% of the time I do that. And all you guys were out there waiting. It was kind of a power play on my part. Like, oh, oh I've got to floss my teeth. No one knew you were missing, so I don't think it worked. <laughs> but. Um, that ain't true. I would say the. the we the, didn't film without The me. minority of times, of the time, I, I, I do that. I'm not a good flosser though. I'm kind of ashamed. Y you know what changed my flossing habits? What? I was good at flossing because I was going to a dentist who was telling me that I needed to floss. And then I read an article. This It's funny how just a little study in a journalist who kinda turns it a little bit. They, they baited said, you, click baited you? No, they said, <clears throat> yeah, I was click baited. Click flossing, to, re to realize why you should never floss again. Flossing not as important as once thought. Click. And I clicked on it and I was like, all right. And, I, and, I, and then my flossing frequency s severely dropped. And I don't even know if it was real. I don't even, I mean, it said it you was a study, so but it was probably one study. Fake news, man. I mean, all I know is that now when I floss, my gums bleed, which is a really bad sign. You know, it, I'm such a creature of habit, but I have not incorporated flossing into my routine. You except, can overfloss. Except the day before, the morning that I'm going to the dentist and then for like every other day for the two weeks after I, I've exited the dentist and the hygienist is giving me the speech. And you're trying to maintain That's that it. clean feeling. And then when I get something caught in my teeth, so you said 30%, that means that you have stuff caught in your teeth that you just floss out but you don't even use that as an occasion to floss out your teeth. You should at least do that. I do that and 80% of the time that I have flossed every, between every tooth is because I started out just trying to get something out of, of one place. So you need to, you need to take advantage mm -hmm. of that. Okay, I'll, note taken. Forget about that article. So I've, and when I do floss, it just gives me, it boosts my esteem for at least six more hours. I feel like I'm on the tail end of a f just flossing fresh 
esteem boost and I'm gonna ride it right through this ear biscuit. When, so you just, this is like, we're talking like within six an hour, hour. Six oh, hours ago. You're still riding the floss wave six hours it's later? It's a six hour wave for me, yeah. Wow, you should do that more often. It's like it. If it does that for you. And it, it, it doesn't hit me immediately. It's like, yeah, I'm flossing, yeah, I'm spitting, yeah, there's some blood in it, yeah, I'm going oh, back gosh. to my job. But then like within the hour, I'm like, you know what, I flossed. And then within two hours, it's like, it's, it's really humming. Hmm. It sounds like you might be a little prideful. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, it's called floss pride. I, I, a lot of people suffer from it. Well, this this ear biscuit, I I feel like is really going to benefit from it, and I didn't want to take full credit. You remember the? Schools? I don't want to be prideful. I want to give floss the credit that it's due. Now, growing up, we were taught that pride was a was a, was a bad thing. Sure, right? and and it is a bad thing. It cometh, but you can, it cometh before a fall. But you can be proud. And I remember, like, we'd be playing like a a school, or I'd see somebody, and their mascot was the pride. Of lions, I get, yeah, I guess it was, but it would be like the the Pocahontas pride or something. Pocahontas. I'm making things up. Like I'd see it in a movie. I don't think we played anybody that was called the pride, and I was like, that's so arrogant. Yeah, that they're called the pride. I bet they flossed every but, morning. But it was because they were lions, and it, it never it never crossed my mind. I'm also excited. Um, bless you. Bless you, Jacob. <laughs> Bless you, Jacob. Bless you, Jacob. You have no pride. In all your endeavors from here on out. I can tell you, you flossed recently. That smile on your face. Um, so My teeth don't show, that's why I don't floss. I'm riding the floss wave right into, I'm gearing up for, for this vacation. And you know, we talked about it today. Ooh. We're taking like a mini kid vacation. Well, yours, listen, because don't undersell your vacation. Kids, kids spring break. My vacation is a mini vacation. You, my friend, are going big and going hard. Oh gosh. I mean. It, with I, not enough time. I am almost scared, I'm scared for you I, because. Well, well, I was excited and I told I told you, who was it? It was you and Darren and, was Stevie there? Mm -hmm. Steve, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. We're going, he's like, where are you going? It's like, we're going to the Grand Canyon okay. on an RV. It's like, we're renting an RV. Mm. And then their faces and your face is like, oh gosh, I'm so, it's like I told you my diagnosis or something. <laughs> and I'm like. Well, you've told me how. My your, kids wanna go on an RV. Inter interact, Especially Lando. I just mispronounced his name. <laughs> especially Lando, <laughs> he wants to go. The RV. He, and Lando wants to go on the RV. Listen, let me tell you, I think that it's a great idea. I think every family should try it. I'm glad you're going before me. We have five days, including travel, but so you, it's you very got, aggressive. You got five people too, I mean. It's, it's one of the, have you seen these RVs that like on the side of it, it's like painted with a uh, a billboard that says. Cruise America. Cruise America. Oh yeah, I'm, I, listen. I'm pretty sure that that's what I'm getting. It's a I'm getting a driving billboard. Yeah, it's an advertisement. How can you not, how could you miss Cruise America? Well, how I've could it cost it as much as I'm paying? Because it's a big truck, man. <laughs> You're, it, it is your home. You're sleeping in it, right? It, yes, of course. Are I'm you, not buying, what's the point of an RV if you're not gonna sleep in it? That's the cool part, man. You do know you cannot crap in it. You know that's the RV rule. That's the bus rule and the RV rule. Nobody craps in it. You listen. Where are we gonna? Cra I mean, six days. You crap in bathrooms. You you do. Somebody unloads in that thing, and you will be hating yourself. Yeah. Because you know the guy who gives it to you be like, oh sure it works. <laughs> it never works. Anytime I've ever been in a oh, bus gosh. 
or an RV where somebody has dropped a deuce. Uh-huh. It has soiled the experience until somebody has to come and pump it out. You got to we got to get somebody to come pump it out. <laughs> Think about you, you know you remember what happened on the set of Buddy System in the trailers that we were in? In your trailer, yeah. yeah. So the security guard <laughs> It was after hours and something was wrong with the bathroom that he was supposed to go in. So he just picked a random trailer and he picked my specific trailer. I think he knew he was targeting your trailer. And and just put things into perspective here. When I say trailer, don't picture like what Robert Downey Jr. is in on the set of Iron Man. <laughs> no, we have uh, basically, it's not quite it's basically a series of like closets on a trailer that mm. you know you do have a little sink and you've got a little place you can lay down. Well, I can't lay down, and then you've got a, a bathroom for yourself, and that's what our trailer was. And, and ours were right next to each other. Well, they were both in the same trailer. They subdivided the one trailer. We had a shared wall, but different toilet. I did not smell through the wall, but it was horrible. You said it was absolutely horrible. You're right. I can't. I can't do that. So I we're couldn't gonna... make eye contact with that guy the rest of the time. But uh, he was he was guarding us because of what he did. He he soiled he soiled my my place. I don't trust my middle child with this. He's my, a, he's I a might crapper. not. I might not be able to bring him. Get him diapers. You should have a set of adult diapers. I'm I'm not joking. Because what's going to happen what? is when you get out. No, nah, listen, just stick with me for a second. When you my pants. when you get out there in the desert and you're not familiar with the landscape, you don't necessarily know where the bathrooms are. Somebody's like, "Dad, I just got to do it." There's a toilet. You, what's going to happen is there's going to be a moment of weakness, and you're going to be like, "Well, I mean, this is a modern. This is a modern piece of equipment. There is a bathroom. Rhett's probably wrong about this. I'm just going to let him let him crap in there." What, if that if it gets to that point, you say, "Son, I have a diaper for you." Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, if and we're it, out in the desert, son, I have a shovel for you. Just okay. go dig a hole behind the RV. Well, the the diaper was not really to be used; it was a tactic. It was a mind control tactic. Oh. Once a once a a twelve year old oh. or thirteen year old begins to think about crapping in a diaper, they become super self conscious and they they pucker up and they hold it until you get to a real bathroom. Not you though. You're talking about what are you talking about? You go right in that diaper, wouldn't you? Oh, I've never never crapped in a diaper, but I did shard on the way to Dollywood. One day. <laughs> 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 I've heard the story, but the 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 way you delivered it was such gusto in that moment. It's like wow, good times. Wow, uh, put that on a t-shirt. Um, so I, I I'm going to the Grand Canyon. I'll I, you know I plan on giving uh, you loyal listener a a report, you know, maybe you're right. I'll let you know if it comes down to this, I'll be thinking about you. I wanted to ride a mule down into the bottom of the Grand Canyon with all of my with all of my family. Another weird idea. I can't. No, I, no, actually that's a great I came, idea. I came great home, idea. I was like guys, you know we're going to the Grand Canyon, you know we're going on an Ara Via, but did you know that when we get there we are getting on a caravan of mules and we're riding to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, one of the seven wonders of the world, is it not? Uh, it, might, it should be if it's not. It's one of the natural wonders of the American world. Yeah. And immediately, it was just like people, it was like a bailing out of a sinking ship. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean like, Christy was like, gave me a, are you nuts? Yeah. Like, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. You, you wanna put me on top of a, animal on the teetering on the edge of switchbacks, which it is. And then Lincoln's like, 
I'm afraid of horses. Uh-oh, that's a bigger problem. I'm like, well, it's a mule, it's not a horse. Right, it's sterile. And it's so sure-footed. And then Lando's too young. So I mean, we were leaving him behind in the thicket anyway, somehow, with Jade. Jade's coming too in the RV. Are you, you're, you're serious? I'm serious. Wow. I talked him and into it. how are you it. gonna mule this? This is my idea. There's no way, I mean, I think taking well, the, I then, think, I think they, the aban- they abandoned me, so I'm like, Lily, please come with me to ride on the mules. And she's like, I don't know, I don't want to, Dad. Go by yourself. I'm like, y- you'll love it. You'll you'll absolutely love it. It'll just be me and you and the mules. I think it's a great idea. The reason I said it's a weird idea is because I knew that your family would would not be into it. But if you want to take a mule with me one day, would I'd, you ride the mule? Heck yeah, I'd do that. Because I'm, I'm not. I'm, you better believe I'm not hiking. Up from the bottom of the Grand Canyon I'm with not, my family, I'm you not can't do it. Of it's the only way to see, and I really want to ride a horse too. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily know if your first horseback riding experience should be a on a mule and b at the Grand Canyon, because that's kind of a different experience. Yeah, it's a different thing. You know, interestingly, it's like riding the monorail at Disney World versus getting on the you know a SpaceX rocket. It's a different thing. I will be incidentally at the same time that you're. In your Aravia, uh, I will be on horseback. What? Yeah, I have it. That's one of the days I have planned on my vacation, which is less ambitious. I'm just going to Palm Springs. Um, you get to, you get you get to ride on a horse. There's a whole there's an excursion. I'm going to this. Is your family coming with you? All four of us get our own horse. This hurts, man. And you know what? For just a little bit extra, they said for a little bit extra per person. It'll be just us with no strangers, no randos, no cowboy taking you around. No, no, we've got well, we've got a qualified person, but no other tourists. Right, just the McLaughlins and someone who knows what they're doing. We're, we're going to do what they call a jeep tour, mm. um, like a sunset tour, and uh, that's going to be just us because I I don't like to go on tours with other people. They slow you down, they get injured, and they're they, a liability. And, th- and also, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. You're just taking a random sample of people. Right. I mean, if you just throw a dart at the human population, the chances that you hit somebody you wanna hang out with, pretty slim. I mean, especially when you're a jerk like me. Remember the prideful thing you said earlier? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll give you updates on that, but we gotta get into some questions from you guys. Yes, we do, but first. Ear Biscuits is supported by Mattress Firm, America's neighborhood mattress store that lets your budget stretch further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep because your sleep is very important. So much so that even in the list of questions that you guys sent us when we said ask us anything, one was about sleep. Fiction underscore love 13 asks, why do we say sleep tight instead of sleep loose? Shouldn't a person be relaxed while sleeping? Absolutely. You should be relaxed while sleeping. But I think sleep tight is like getting cozy. Like I tuck my kids in bed and like Lando likes to have all of his bedding in just the right place, like tucked right under his chin, tightly. So he's like snug as a bug in a rug. Heck no, I go in there 30 minutes later and he's sprawled out one leg. He's facing the other direction. Right. But he's got that feeling of security right at the the top that just sends him into sleep zone. But under the tightness, he's loose. And it's, so it's important to be able to strike that balance and have whatever you need to make that happen. You know who can help you strike that balance with your bed? Oh, oh, 
Mattress Firm. It is Mattress Firm, and they're more than just mattress experts. They have a whole package that helps you transform your mattress into a bed, from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They got you covered, literally and figuratively. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening right now. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. You know where to go, mattressfirm.com slash podcast. Check it out. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Honey. You never turn down free money, right? Well, if you shop online without the best coupons, you're already paying too much. Fortunately, there is a free browser extension called Honey that automatically finds the best coupons on the web so you always get the best prices on everything online. Yeah, in two clicks, you can add Honey to any browser for free, then shop like you normally do. Honey scans and tests millions of coupons in the background. At checkout, Honey will automatically apply the best coupon to get you the biggest discount. Pretty sweet. Oh, oh that, that was kind of a pun. Over 70 million people use Honey every day and together they've saved millions of dollars. Matter of fact, I'm looking at sleeping bags online and at Kohl's, thanks to Honey, I can get 15% off my order over $100. So, you know, it just pops up. And I'm on Amazon looking for a dog bed for my Barbara I can save $35 off a dog bed, $35. It adds up, folks. There's no reason not to add Honey to your browser today. It's free, takes just seconds to install. It'll save you tons of money. Add Honey to your browser for free right now at joinhoney.com slash ear. That's joinhoney.com slash ear. Sweet. Now on with the biscuit. All right, here we go. Okay, right off the bat, here's an interesting question from Beth Ann McGraw-Smith. Dang girl, choose. How many names you gotta glom on? I don't know. That's quite a few. Who is the most surprising contact in your phone? Beth, we liked your question, so um, no, nothing immediately came to mind. I literally pulled out my phone and I started scrolling and I, I found someone that surprised me that I think will surprise you. Um, did, you wrote something down, did you scroll your phone? Yeah, uh, the first name that came up that uh, was surprising. To you? Was Bill Leslie. Bill Leslie. Uh, anchor, news anchor at WRAL, is that? Yeah, absolutely. WRAL morning news. In, May, and lunchtime too, I think. In Raleigh, North Carolina. He's a ginger. Uh, and he is like, the he's the man there at the local news situation in the Triangle. He's also uh, a folk artist. Yeah, he's a bluegrass man. I think he's a bluegrass man. And um, we met him in full redneck. We get we, we were guests on the on WRAL, and we met him because he invited us to come on the news program, like the like the noon news, in order to sing. I think it was the barbecue. It was a barbecue song. We basically went on as Rabbit Lightning for all intents and purposes before but it was Rabbit before Rabbit Lightning was Lightning Rabbit exist. Lightning. So it was just like two rednecks. Like I wore a tank top and cut off jean shorts and he, and he, he met us and took us around the news studio. Uh, the North Carolina news is like some of the most high quality award winning news outfits in the country. Um, I'm not just bragging. It, it's kind of a weird phenomenon that North Carolina has really good high production quality news and weather. Like 
industry standard. That's the fact. Yeah. And when you, because when you go other places, you'd be like, oh, this news sucks. And he took us around and introduced us to everyone, like people in cubicles and like production people. We were in character the whole time. And we never, we, we did, I don't know. Because we were in our costumes, we just we never broke character. And then we did the. And news he segment. never acknowledged it. Yeah, Bill, because he's Bill. Because he's cool, man. He is a professional. He is so cool. Uh, you know, you're gonna think I'm name dropping. I got Post Malone in my phone, and that rhymes. Post Malone in my phone because as Post Malone, did you ask him for his number or we follow each other on Twitter and he sent me his phone number. Well, that's kind of him. And. Uh, He's, Let's call him. He's he Austin is his name. He's a genuine dude. Now we already knew this because Mike and Alex knew him. Yeah, but he's just a genuinely good guy, good-hearted guy, and uh, leg- kind of a I, legitimate he's fan. A, he's a I I would call him a sweetheart. I would go as far as to say he's a sweetheart. Like you say, he's good versus bad. And you know, I don't like calling people good or bad, but uh, he's very sweet. I said good. I don't think he's bad. I'm not, it seems now I'm implying that he's bad well, guy. Well he might be a little bit of a bad boy, but in like a bad boy good way. But he's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart, Yeah, bad boy. Good taste in comedy. Uh, yeah, and uh, you want me to continue to name drop? I can see that you've got you've got a, more written. I only have one. Red Foo, I have Red Foo. Red Foo. And Mr. Tony Hale, good friend Tony Hale. Those are, that's this is as far as my name drops. I've dropped all the names that I can possibly uh, drop in my phone. Well I'm about to drop a big name on you. I found in my address book, Mr. Fred Vanor. Do you don't look at my notes? Do you remember him? You mean the Snuggy guy? Yes, the guy who the commercial producer of the Snuggy commercials, as well as a lot of famous infomercials. Hmm. We. I can't remember how this happened, but we were, well, including like OxyClean, um, he shot the last commercials with Billy Mace, mm-hmm. like days before he died. Yep. Um, and this, yeah, Snuggy, and he's, he's still doing it, like Blue Moon Studios or something. But we had a conversation with him, I think it was because we made the ShamWow song that's what it was. We made the ShamWow song. We made just a, you know, we took the ShamWow song and we, we took the ShamWow commercial and we, we took the words verbatim that Vince said and we wrote it into a song. You can search it on YouTube. It's not as great as we thought it was at the time, probably now. It doesn't hold up that well, but we sang, we musicified it. Yeah. And, um, and then we got an email and ultimately a, a conference call with the producer of the Snuggy com- commercials, and they were making. Fred was making a new Snuggy commercial, and he wanted us to make a song. Make a song for it, but it, then that it that would out. be that would be part of the actual commercial that went out like on cable that everyone would see. And he told us a lot of cool stuff that like there was a warehouse in like New Jersey where they made all these commercials. So like it was almost like a right a place like uh, you know Willy Wonka's factory where you could go and you would see all the commercials being made for all the crazy. Infomercial products and yeah, that like the we were cheesy so, sets. We were so excited about people, going. people in, lounging in snuggies, and then we were thinking about what song we we're gonna write. And then like a week later, he calls and he's like, "Guys, turns out that Weezer has decided to do a 
music video yes. about, and they're gonna be wearing Snuggies and they're in actually. They're parodying the Snuggie infomercial as their new, as the new, new music single video. music video. And it's actually, it was, a, it was a partnership, an official partnership with Snuggie. And he's like, you know, because we've got that going on, it doesn't really make sense to have you guys who are not Weezer. Nope. And and that's actually the we got second time by Weezer. We got we got Weezer beef. We got beef with Weezer. Beef number one with Weezer is when we won the Key of Awesome. Uh, May they rest in peace. Music video contest way back in the day. They're not dead. They just aren't making music videos anymore. Key of Awesome, and um, the award was to be able to make a music video nope. with Weezer. Nope. Get to, we got to appear, go to the set, and appear in a music video. By oh, and then we turned and then we turned it into we said we actually we want we don't want to just make a cameo we want to make you a music video and we, we want to direct a Weezer music video and that pitched, was our retort we pitched two ideas I remember one of them one of the ideas was we were going to take large helium balloons like weather balloon style the kind of balloons that people tie to lawn chairs and then float themselves up and we were going to float the entire band in the air. Tethered to the ground, but floating in the air, and, they, and then well, we were going to do the same thing with the camera, song. and they were going to do the whole music video floating in the air. We yeah. thought it was a great idea. We talked. We were we were on the phone with Weezer's manager, like pitching all this stuff. Yeah, and we also pitched an idea where Weezer would be in different rooms performing the song, and we would shoot it. We we would shoot the song. Mm. We would shoot the performance on a set, like. And it would be like kitschy kind of like, this is an emergency room set, but like Weezer's playing all the different, the doctors and the person getting operated on. And then it would be a different set and a different set. And then we would change things on these sets and then get them to perform the song identically again. And then we would run it split screen beside each other and you would spot the differences in the two Weezer musical performances. Yes. And they love the idea and or the manager did and we pitched it to them and then they got cold feet and they they backed out on the whole thing and then we said well we're going to we're going to take that idea and then we we made our video oh, when a sponsor the right sponsor came along we pitched it and then they were able to fund yeah that was our spot the difference is music video now so a little i mean I, you know big fans of Weezer way back in always, the day always have been uh, but got we got a little Weezer beef because we had two really good ideas they didn't like and then they took our snuggy Song that we could have made, and they they I thought came there was in and one they one more they, thing with Weezer beef. Uh, yeah, let's come. I don't. Let's make it up. We had some more. Let's Weezer start a beef. Weezer beef. Let's start like a Weezer Twitter beef. Well, I think who benefits more from that at this point? Ooh. Oh, whoa, Ouch. oh, hey, oh, I, 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 hey, we you, said we had beef. You just really, you, really, no, you said it. You really just stepped in it. Um. So we didn't get to do the Snuggy freaking Snuggy commercial. But that is a good Fred contact. Van Nor, I still have your number, man. I'll call uh, call me. That's not how it works, is it? Uh, <laughs> I have your number. C call me. I'll know it's you when you call. Jennifer Peden asks, if you could change one thing about yourselves, what would it be? Hmm. 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 Huh. Cuts right to the heart, doesn't it, Jennifer? I would. I would be able to release all of my pent up frustration that I've been channeling towards Weezer all these years. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, let's let, let's really think this out. I'll let you go first. Uh, what would you change about yourself, mm. Mr. McLaughlin? <sighs> well, you know, there are there's a series of superficial things that immediately come to mind. Like I would give myself an actual chin, 
You know what I'm saying? So I could occasionally shave my beard and not be embarrassed. Um, you don't like being locked into the beard? Yeah. Um, but I think that the actual deeper uh, answer is to not care about any, I would change, I would lose the desire to want to change anything about myself. Whatever, I would want to get to a place of emotional maturity where I no longer cared about the things that I wanted to change. Uh, obviously there are certain things that, like character things, like I wish I had more patience or I wish I was more selfless. I was, I wish that I, that I that I wasn't um, you know I, I'm a, I'm selfish everybody's selfish I kind of feel like I'm probably on the you know if you divided everybody in the world into who's mo more selfish I would think I would be on the upper end of the spectrum of selfish people okay um, I'd want to change those things but I think most of all just thinking about the um, uh, just the fact that there's these things that come to mind and and a lot of it has to do with wanting to change the way that you're perceived by people. I think I would want to not have that, like to actually be completely content so you, with with who I am. That is a serious, deep, you want to not, answer. You want to desire to not change anything about yourself? That's not what I said. So I would want to lose the, the desire to change the superficial things about myself. Okay. In other words, no longer care what anybody thinks. Hmm. That's a beautiful answer, Rhett. Oh, thank you. You want to be free. I gave you that answer so you'd like me more. Again, that's that right? that's one of my problems. This is tough. I don't know. For me, I think about I di I just, you know, my I just find myself with levels of anxiety that I just don't think are justified. So I I I would like to and I am thinking more about this and trying to tackle it, but so I guess I mean that's what I'm working on changing about myself. That's one of the things is coming to grips with What's behind this, like, illogical anxiety that I, that just kind of wells up? You know, um, a fear of the bottom falling out of my life in one way or another. Uh, you know, I wish I didn't have that. Uh, I am working on that, and you know, I think I'm hesitant to say uh, I would, but e even that. There's something, as long as you're engaged, I feel like if, I, as I'm engaged in the process of like getting to the bottom of that, it's a rewarding experience, you know? It's, I mean, we're we're tr tremendously blessed that there's not something that comes to our minds that's like, I've got this nagging problem or issue that it's like, oh, I just like to remove this thing, you know? Like a, like a, like something physical, you know? So I want to acknowledge that, but I could be more thankful too. Yeah, it's difficult to change one thing. It's difficult to pick one thing. That's why I kind of try to pick something that would like take care of a lot of things. I mean, because I, I think about you know, I love my kids, and I think about um, the things that I hope changes in them. Okay, you know, they've got symptoms of. Okay, just as an example, like selfishness or something that you talked about that uh, most everybody I think deals with if they're honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, developing the ability to put other people's needs before your own. Um, 
could I, would I snap my fingers and take that uh, and for my kids to just be there? It's like, well, I mean, there's something, you know, the cliche of it's, it's about the, it's about the journey, not the destination. I, it, maybe it's because I know this isn't possible to just snap your fingers and change something. That's just a rationalization. But I do think there's a beauty in the fact that you can't do that. That you kind of got to live. You got to live through things, and hopefully, you're you're making positive changes. So ultimately, I'm a verbal processor. So now I've landed at my answer. Oh, good. <laughs> I wish I was a little more tenacious in tackling the things that I wanted to improve about myself, about my the way that I think, the way that I, my heart, those type of things, like the deepest things that I wanna improve on. I, I'm just, I, I, I too easily just escape to like, I'm just gonna take a nap. Well, you know the interesting thing. I would like to change that. I'd like to be more tenacious at, um, what's the word? Wrestling? The, you wanna be a more tenacious wrestler? Yeah, like, a self wrestler. Wrestling with yourself? Yeah, I feel like I can make more progress if it wasn't like, oh, I finally get around to thinking about levels of introspection and, and um, I don't like to use the word self improvement, but I just did. That, you know, you see what I'm saying though? Yeah. It, well, you know, which I was a little more dedicated to um, becoming a better person at a faster rate. Well, you know, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting about this that I think applies to both of us personally is that I think, um, Given the way that our wives kind of interact with self-improvement, yeah, um, and given the way that the friends that have become our our better friends in the past couple of years mm -hmm. are very um, in tune with self-improvement, and I don't, and it may self-improvement may be the wrong word, and it may conjure up things in your mind that uh, turn you off, but people who are really concerned about Continuing to to not be stagnant in the way that they think and the way they approach things, and continuing to change for the better, and it's like I kind of feel like that's that's been a huge benefit to both of us in the past couple of years because I think that there's this I think that you tend to naturally think that like okay, I just turned forty, I'm kind of who, who I'm, I'm going to be, and I think one of the things that I've realized in the past like two years is that I really hope that I'm not who I'm going to be. Because I don't, because I, I want to continue to change, and I actually have, in light of the kind of, you know, the quality of the people that and, have become good friends. I would say grow, not not just change, but like, change is just yeah, grow, personal growth. It's a little limiting of the, a term. All, like, even in the past six months, there have been, and I'm not going to like share very specific things because I'm still like processing so many of these things, but. Very and there's not a sponsor attached to it. Right, and when I get a sponsor, I will talk, <laughs> talk about this freely, but there are very specific things that I've learned about myself just in the past six months that I was like, man, I could have gone the rest of my life not knowing that about myself. And now that I do know that about myself, a certain kind of work is beginning that I think there's a, a personal growth that I did not know was possible that I had no way of anticipating. Um, and that's, I've been thinking about that lately because I, I do feel like it is a, it's kind of been a revelation. It's kind of like, man, I actually, I got so much more work to do on myself than I ever even realized because I kind of just thought I was pretty cool. I kind of just thought everything was pretty pretty good. 
and everything is pretty good in one sense. It's like I don't have a lot to complain about. Mm-hmm. Been incredibly blessed in a lot of different ways. Hashtag blessed, which I never use on my Twitter account, which is at RhettMC. Haven't haven't plugged myself in a while, so I figured I would do that. It can't you, get you too were, real. I gotta. You were making I, such a. I got I've got to. You know, I got to deflect because I was getting too real, and I got to make a self-deprecating, self-promoting joke all at the same time. Sorry, that's this is the kind of work that I need to do. But anyway, um. I am, I'm just, I, I'm actually more excited about my 40s. I, I told Jesse this the other day, I was like, I, I'm super excited about my 40s in like so many different ways. Like personally, professionally, are you, am I making you cry? No. <laughs> you, I took my glasses off. You, I mean, I don't know I'm if sorry. I'm making you cry. I, no, I'd love, I'm not, I'm not I crying. would love to make you cry right now. Can I make you cry? Well, if I rub my eyes hard enough, they'll probably start crying. Um, I am super excited about my 40s in a way that I think that I could have just as easily gotten to my 40s and and I do, I we I have questions all the time like, is our best work behind us? Like are we, you know, there's so many, you're tempted to think, is the bottom gonna drop out of whatever it is that we're doing? But I actually feel from a personal standpoint and even from a professional standpoint, I'm more excited about the future than I have been in a while. Wow, Jennifer, you really opened a can of honesty. Yeah, you did. You never you, know what's just gonna happen on an ear biscuit. Boy, let's. I, I wish you weren't so vague. I got. We got to get a sponsor. Yeah. Next question, Catherine Abel asks, "What songs are on your guilty pleasures playlist?" Um, mm. I, I like this question. Very good question. Uh, you know that. I, I really enjoy hip hop. This morning I was making my smoothie to some J. Cole. Mm, that's good. But I'm not guilty about that. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. Um one that of my favorite cool. one of my favorite bands Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh Lord Huron has yeah. a, a new single came out which tells me I haven't I, I keep forgetting to search, but I assume that means an album is coming out. You never know with those I, guys. I love that's I I they may be my favorite band. But that's not a guilty pleasure. No, I'm not, I don't feel guilty about that, but. Um, guilty pleasure is like Dixie Chicks, which I still listen he, he, to that Dixie Chicks album, boy. Good gracious, that is that it? Good. Is that it? Okay, so my guilty pleasure is, I don't know why I started thinking about this guy and his songs, but for the past two weeks, I've been obsessed. I, I just can't, I've just, it's made me so happy and a little guilty that how much I love Steve Winwood. <laughs> Okay, give me uh, give me a Steve Winwood song. From back on the high life again. Zoving of all the fault of mine. Now smile and take me in. Now, does he play? Back in the high you know that song? I mean, yeah, definitely. But do they play a lot of woodwinds? They? No, no well, he doesn't. Because you know, what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? It seems like Winwood. Would, Steve so Winwood. It, it just feels like it's an opportunity for a lot of woodwinds to be playing. There's other songs. Like that's the main one that I keep going back to and I swear that James Taylor is singing back up. James Taylor found his way into so many albums in the 70s and 80s. You'll be listening to a George Jones song and all of a sudden oh, that's yeah. James Taylor doing Bartender's, the backup. Bartender's Blues. Uh, bring me a higher love. Okay, it's, it's oh, good stuff. Bring me a higher love. And then you got back into high life again and then uh, Roll with it, baby. I'm singing them all in the same key. They're not. And then, um, isn't 
Mandolin Rain? Mandolin Rain? Is it Mandolin Rain? Isn't that Steve Winwood? No. Listen to the Mandolin Rain. No, that's Bruce Hornsby. All right, that's my guilty, guilty pleasure. Bruce Hornsby? Does he play horns? <laughs> you got Steve Winwood playing woodwinds. Do you only listen you to people Bruce Hornsby who, have, playing horns. who have instruments in their last names? Um, well, yeah. at, so that's mine. So uh, Dixie Chicks, I, I can't remember the last time I listened to it, I'm, but I'm talking about that, uh, you know, the Dixie Chicks album before they like said the wrong thing about Bush and everybody started hating them. I'm talking yeah. about that album. Um, but, okay. I'm not sure you can do that. It's a little mandolin ring. Yeah. Um, so what I found when I started going into my phone trying to look at my playlist and my recently added is like, do I have? Yep, okay, keep that short. There's legal repercussions. Um, okay, all right, I think, I think you've officially. You gotta get to the right part. You've officially gone over the number of seconds that we can legally play. But you know what? Yeah, that's it. I think we all know. The new me doesn't care. Uh, the new you will care when okay. we have to all take right. this right. podcast down. Um, I feel so guilty. See, you're trying to make me guilty. Now, what I found, and this is gonna make you happy. I've made so many people happy with this. I don't even remember how I, oh, I, I remember how I found it. What? How I found Ariel Camacho. Oh, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's a hidden gem. Don't tell him. Oh no, I'm going to tell them. They already know, maybe. So I was driving along. Uh, I just I had to talk about this because as I was looking for my guilty pleasure, I looked at my recently added, and I saw from last year how I added this album. Yes. I was uh, flipping through the FM radio channels of Los Angeles, which is not something I do often because I'm usually listening to a podcast or you know my own songs, not like Red Link songs. You know what I mean? Like my <laughs> my iTunes, and uh, about. 30 to 40% of the stations that are on FM radio in Los Angeles, it seems like, are you know Spanish music. And uh, this song starts playing, Te Matiste, and it was this incredible music that sounded like the, you know, I don't even know the necessarily the right name for this. Um, a little bit of like mariachi-ish sound. Who is it? Uh, Ariel Camacho, and it is absolutely amazing because there's not a bass guitar, there's a dude playing a freaking tuba, and he's playing the tuba, and it almost, it sounds like he has literally been gifted his tuba playing ability by like an alien force. Okay. Okay. Now that, and then sometimes they'll go, and this is the bass tuba. And the so, tuba is the, the bass. And so one night we're hanging out, we're hanging out with one of our friends, and I had listened to this and thought this is some of the best music I've ever listened to. I absolutely loved it, and I got the album and I just started listening to it. Oh, uh, blew and, my mind! And I thought I had just found this little thing that would be this little treasure that I could share with people from time to time. And then I'm we're, we're hanging out at my house with a friend. And uh, I bring it up and then we were just like, I wonder like if there are music videos for this, like what are the music videos? And we look up Ariel Camacho and that's when we realize 
the music videos have like hundreds, hundreds of millions yeah. of views. It's absolutely huge. It's a phenomenon. You've discovered nothing in Mexico. Jon Snow. It, it is a phenomenon in Mexico especially, but also in America. And uh, we, I just didn't know about it. And it turns out that like it was, the original dude who was the lead singer was killed and then they replaced him with a new dude. Yeah. And the band is still intact. The tuba, tuba player's still the same guy. We've gotta get him on the show. But it's some of the best music you'll ever hear, Ariel Camacho. And I don't know, was Ariel Camacho the first guy who died and they just it's still so, call it that? I don't know, it's so tuba forward, uh, it'll just it'll just rock you your world. You never thought you needed tuba forward music, but Bring you, me a you higher do. love. Okay. Bring me a higher love, oh, sort of me. Sound more like Michael McDonald, but you get the idea. Um, where do you wanna go now? Let's just keep going. Katie Bowling. Uh, you all have amassed a pretty large following over the years. I was wondering how you honestly feel about fans coming up to you in public. Where do you draw the line so as, as to when it's okay for someone to approach you or when it's inappropriate? You know, it's, I'm very, grateful that we're successful enough that every time we go out, if we go out together somewhere in public, well, somebody's gonna recognize us. I, I kinda just mosey around until it until it happens because I need that validation. Yeah, you need it for your self-esteem. But, um, so once that happens, I can be like, check, now I can now I can go home and sit on my butt yeah. and feel good about myself. Maybe I'll need to floss. Yeah. It's like one or the other. I'm either gonna floss or get recognized. You know, I don't know. Ride that wave. I don't know which, both a six hour wave. Um, but my answer is, there's a time when it's inappropriate and it's when you're, I think maybe I've told this story. It's when you're in Amsterdam with your family and your business partner and his family. That's me. And you've been riding bicycles around the city and you've nearly gotten hit by a car, another car, a train, and many angry pedestrians, and it's it's bringing your wife to tears. Like mm -hmm. literally, she's crying, and because it's just, it was an overwhelmingly traumatic experience watching our children almost get hit by a train. And meanwhile, my wife is also crying and mad at me and not speaking to me. And <laughs> so we're out in public. We we, we even and like, separated to make it easier. But it was, I mean, like I was talking to her and it was like, you can, I mean, you've seen couples in like heated situations in public. And if you recognize one of them as an entertainer, that's not a good time to come up to him and ask for a photo. Yeah, what'd you do? I was like, oh, my wife can take the photo. No. <laughs> Which one it, is baby. she? No, I did not say that, but. Um, you say this is not a good time, or did you? I, no, I took the photo. Oh, you did. But it, it, nobody won. I'm sure it wasn't a great photo. And you know who you are if you've got it. Yeah, and I think I told this story before about the time I was in the airport, and I was, uh, this is when we had missed our flight. or we were about to miss our flight? I don't remember. I wasn't there, and was, I was I? No, and I was, it was with my family, and I was, Panicking, I'm, and first of all, you may consider yourself the more anxious one, and you are in general. But when it comes to airport travel, well, that's because you're you also have strategic thinking, which sometimes leads to anxiety. I am incredibly anxious, and my wife and my kids have these they have running jokes about me and the way that I, you know, we get to the airport. You get really worked up fourteen hours before the flight. You get frantic. Yeah, and I don't. And if I'm a fan, and from fifty yards away, I can tell. 
That's frantic Rhett. I, that's not the Rhett that but I know. I was on in the, the middle of like a, a heated exchange about how we had to get going or whatever, and somebody came up and wanted a picture, and I'm sure that I was not. I was not nice. I don't. I think I might have said this is not a good time. I can't remember. I told the story, and when it was fresher, when I had closer access to the memory, and I think I told it, you know, accurately. But, but the point is, you. I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place, and that's not it. Last night we we were together. Uh, this is we were in Hollywood. You know how we just go and hang out in Hollywood, just, looking for just, looking to be recognized. Just walk around Hollywood. Because did did you notice what happened? Kind of we we, we didn't talk about it. But we were coming off that escalator at Hollywood and Highland, and somebody, well, they the guy, like, kind of grabbed my arm mm. and turned me around, and then was like, "Brett and Link, I'm a big fan. I can I get a photo?" And then he he did a <laughs> selfie, and he like he did some sign with his hand, and he was like. Trying to be really, but no, he also asked cool. the same question twice. I think he was, I think he may have been under the influence, under the influence, of, influence something. of something. Yeah, the the other thing that I would ask that people not do to people I didn't know that they recognize, grabbed you. Though. Yeah, you I, got, when somebody grabs you, you got to you got to go into a martial arts. Situation. It was, he didn't. He hit. He took the back of his hand and at just above my elbow. And he turned me well, towards him. You can't let that kind of thing happen. If somebody begins to turn you. You go into them and you just you shove their nas the nasal cavity right into their brain. <laughs> you just, you gotta you gotta you gotta just turn around and boom, just like a like a movie. That's somebody touches you. You gotta kill him. <laughs> Gah. <laughs> The dude just wanted a selfie, I'm man. I'm sorry, maybe I'm overreacting. I, I think but my personal story... space is incredibly important to me. Don't okay. Don't kill anybody because right. they touch you. I'm sorry. It was a horrible advice. If we're both there, you I know which one of back. us to touch. Yeah, take it all back. All right, we can move on to another question. I feel good about now, like in a in a in kind of a roundabout way, acknowledging how popular we are. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete Machalek asks. Have any of your gastrointestinal adventures landed you in front of a doctor? What is the worst thing you have experienced as a result of consuming something on GMM? Looking down at our uh, round table under the dim lighting and we had all of the guests from like the first two seasons of Ear Biscuit sign it. When we had guests, I see Smosh right there which reminds me, I mean, it goes without saying all the hot pepper stuff we've eaten has been very difficult. We never went to the doctor for it. We've never been to the doctor for anything related specifically to the show. Um, unless sitting so long gave me hemorrhoids. Then I can, maybe I should have filed workers comp mm. for that visit. Yep. Um, but we had, we did duo or Donto, and one of the things was you, they decided not to drink a liter of vinegar I think is how it went. So we had it, we each had. I don't had know a, if it was a liter, but it was. It we was, had to drink a pint, not a liter. A, it was a lot. It, a it pint. It I think they like call it a liter, but like a pint of like red vinegar, apple, red apple, apple cider, cider vinegar. vinegar, and we chugged it, and it. I felt horrible at first. Then we kept playing the game, and then actually, I get a almost vomitous yeah feeling just thinking about it, like. The way that I felt was, after drinking that, like, oh gosh, it makes me want to vomit right now thinking about it. Oh gosh. Whew. And then we kept playing the game and I was like, man, I do not feel good. I started sweating and I, I said, 
keep the cameras rolling because if I vomit, I, I want you to film it. It's all for the clicks. And then I sat there and then we were done and like, we like, Anthony and Ian, this is way back when they were together, you know? Way back in the day. When the the smosh, good old days. Smosh was Smosh. When Smosh was Smosh. Smosh is it's just something, it's something now, it's just something different. That's right, um, it's bigger. We hugged him goodbye, gave him the friendlies, and then um, then I was like, keep filming me because I'm a vomit. And then like 20 minutes later, I was just sitting there alone in the studio with a camera on me. And then I gave up. And the moment I stood up after sitting there for that long, I was like, oh my gosh, you had gone. I was like, you gone somewhere else in the studio. I was like, I went to the bathroom and I, th I threw up all that vinegar. I, of course, I immediately felt better and I was so grateful. But I went home because I'm not one to vomit in general. Uh, I've talked about it before, the, the McLaughlin streak. We had like 30 or 40 years between me and my brother and my dad of not vomiting. Uh, I have broken that a couple of times, but there's just a, there is a great hesitancy to vomit, even when you, your body is telling you to do it. There's, we have all kinds of techniques of heavy breathing and you know, shifting the body that keeps it from coming up. It's kind of like a esophageal chastity belt. Yeah, exactly. And I went home that night. It was a it was a Friday night because because I, I remember Saturday waking up and. Well, I that night I was I I went out. We were meeting some friends for dinner and at this like burger place. And they're like ordering these huge burgers, and I'm like, I can't I can't eat anything. I'm just so, so gastrointestinally traumatized. Yeah. So I sat there happens. and watched him eat these huge burgers and I'm getting texts. I start getting texts from Rhett. Mm. Um, he's like, dude, I'm I'm not doing good. And I was actually, not I'm only was I, was I not doing well, I was doing what I often do, which is I was going on the internet and asking the internet questions about the way I was feeling. Uh, given what you had done. And what I learned is that there are documented cases of people dying from vinegar overdoses. And I was like, I don't know how much you can t you can take, but I drank a whole lot. And like people were like, this is definitely not a good thing. Now, but you weren't. Were you typing your personal case into the to a forum? No, I never do that. I look at other people's answers because typing your case into a forum when you've got like a very temporary problem, by the time somebody answers it, it's over. So it was. Yeah, why help anybody else? Um, but what I learned is that it's not You're so a good selfish, man. You give. It's not a you good take, thing. You don't give. It's not a good thing to drink a large amount of vinegar. A lot of people will drink uh, apple cider vinegar therapeutically or gargle with it or whatever. And I think that drinking, you know, small amounts is like a super healthy thing. Yeah. Uh, but drinking the amount that we did was is not not good for you. And so I was in this had this dull ache to my stomach that I couldn't get rid of. And then I wake up in the morning on Saturday and it's still there. Ew. I had trouble sleeping. It was like Saturday night by the time it went away. You you never threw up? No, I was scared to. I can't make myself throw up. Like sometimes people, you can. Did you pee vinegar? It. Well, I'm sure. Isn't that a saying? In one like way or another. Like piss and vinegar. Uh, well, it is now. It is a saying. Uh, it might be, but I mean, yeah, I think technically I was, but it wasn't straight vinegar, and I it did didn't not, burn. I did not taste it to confirm if it was still vinegar because I hated vinegar so much at the time. I got it out of my system eventually and we, I think the sh as the show has gotten older and we've gotten more people involved in the show, we have. They're more rigorous. They're much more, it's, right now it's as rigorous, they're saying, uh, 
Oh, it's piss and vinegar. A phrase, a phrase used. used to express an attitude of somebody that is full of energy, energy, vigor, perhaps rowdiness or excitedness. Piss and vinegar, he's that full is, of piss and vinegar. That is not what you were, you were full of both of those things, but it did not make you that description. But things like uh, almost overdosing on vinegar or almost blowing ourselves up by mixing two uh, substances that should not be mixed, those things don't happen anymore because we have that many more people who like check and make sure that we're gonna be okay. So the whole save GMM hashtag that came up like a couple years ago when people were like, Rent Link are gonna die because they're pushing themselves so far. That's not gonna happen. Now, yeah, I, but of course happen. I talked about the peanut butter thing and then that came out and you guys who listened to my story here, then there was a lot of concern in in, in the after in, in the comment section of that. But I don't know. I didn't feel I didn't feel great about making you you guys so worried about it. What about this question from uh, Macy who asks, "How late is too late to wish someone a happy birthday?" But the, the, that day. I, I mean, the next day is not their birthday. The next day, you say happy belated birthday. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 But what is your opinion about that? Because I have not in the not too distant past uh, with two different friends because again, we've established I'm pretty selfish. I'm not a very good friend. I'm not a very good friend long distance like via text. So if you're on the other side of the country or whatever. And so I find out it's somebody's birthday and I'm, I'm gonna text him and then I don't. And then the next day I'm like, I should, I got him. And so, I don't know how many days I've gone, but what what is, I always say happy late birthday, but what is too late? When is it too late to still ha say happy late? Because we're definitely saying happy late birthday or happy belated, however you wanna phrase it. How long can that last? I mean, I don't know if 48 hours. Ooh, really? I was thinking yeah. a week. A week? I was. You could just add. I think that's you could too add. Much, you man. could add qualifiers to it. Happy super belated birthday. A week ago. I think you got to start getting into apology letter territory at this point. Hey man, sorry about this, but I wanted to wish you a happy super belated birthday. I feel bad even talking to you now that I've waited so long, but I really hope you had a great birthday. And you know what? Happy really super super early birthday for next year, just in case I forget again. That's a good text. You could just take that and cut, cut and paste. I'll take credit for it. I, I think because I'm, I, I, I hope I'm not lying to myself when I say this. I think because I'm so prone to forget birth dates that I don't, it doesn't hurt my feelings when people don't call me on my birthday. Oh. Like, I, like loved ones, like, like if, my, if my dad were to call me the day after, I'd be like, I, I understand. It's, it's, you know, there's a three hour time difference. That, it, 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 surprisingly, it does make a huge difference in wishing somebody a happy birthday when there's this three hour time difference if you're like working all day and you can't just stop what you're doing. We, we you're are such a compartmentalized thinker. We often so miss not, things because my, all our people are on these coasts. My dad didn't do that, but uh, even somebody as close as my dad, I, I don't think I would care, but there might be other psychology involved in that. It's like I, I hate making people feel like they they need to apologize. Well, I, I'm you know me. I like, uh, and I, I'm so prone to it. To I forget. am so. I might be pretty pretty negligent when it comes to a lot of things, but the one thing I will never you'll never get from me is you will never feel judged because 
you didn't get something for me or you didn't tell me happy birthday or you didn't include me or you didn't invite me. Like, and, and again, it's probably because I'm a people pleaser and so mm. I don't want people to be upset with me or think that I'm upset with them. But, so at least I got that. Cause I think the worst combination would be if you were like really bad at keeping up with things like that and being a good friend, but you were also hypersensitive to when people didn't give it to you. Don't dish it out if you can't take it. Yeah, I just don't take it and I don't dish it out. Lexi Woodruff asks, what do animals think cars are? We're getting, we're getting uh, philosophical here. How do animals view technology? This is interesting because I was bringing Jade in mm, a couple of weeks ago into work and she sits in the passenger seat. I do not let her sit in my lap, though she wants to when I'm driving. Do you put the seatbelt on her? Or that, no. And, um, well, a lot of people would hate you for that. A lot well, of people think you gotta strap a dog in. Well, If you strap a kid in, why won't you strap a dog I, in? I, you know what, I, I agree with that and I should get one. You're seriously gonna get one? What what if I was in an accident and something happened to her? I, I it would be horrible. Like I would be I, I, I that would be horrible. I so I could I couldn't bear it. But then but in order to be ready for that, you have to be the guy that straps his dog into the seat. Nobody has to see it. What what I what I'm Oh, I'll see it. What I am really against is the people who let their dog sit on their left arm that's on the steering wheel and then drape over uh, on, on on the window. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not safe. Yeah, that's, that's not all, safe for it's, anybody. It's not quite texting while driving, but it is, especially the dogs. Like a dog in your lap while you're. I mean, I had Barbara. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I had Barbara come from the back, go under the front seat, and come out in the floorboard one time, like when she was small. Well, Jay did that last weekend when we were parked at the grocery talk store about, parking lot. Talk about a panicky situation. Boy, oh, I, she's down there with the pedals, man. What's she gonna do? She doesn't know how which pedal does what. She's gonna floor it. Yeah, you could set the emergency brake off. She could pop the hood. All so, kinds of things can happen down there. So Jade was in the other seat, curled up like a donut, um, sleeping. And I and I looked go. I looked over at her and I was like, that dog has no clue where we're going. Mm -hmm. That clue. That dog doesn't have a clue. Yeah. That clue doesn't have a dog. You know, it's like. Man, I I don't know what she thinks of the vehicle. I mean, she she knows that it's a transport device that I leave in that thing. And so if I let her out the front door, when I leave and I get in the transport device, she tries to get in with me. So she can come with me. So she knows it's a it's it's where I'm it's what I leave in. Mm -hmm. Um but I don't think her view of it as a technology goes much beyond that. I don't you know, she likes to look out the window sometimes so she knows it's moving. But she's like, wow, it's, I just don't think she puts much thought into it. Does she recognize when that, you get close to your house on the way back? Like when do you, you think that Jade knows Yeah, you're getting home? Because I, I've got some theories about when Barbara knows. Uh, when I turn on the final street. But here's my point. I was looking down at her and I was like, she has no clue where we're going. It could be, It could be anywhere and she's just, Living in the moment, you know? It's one of the things that I love about having a dog and now that this whole world of being a dog person has opened up to me finally and I'm wrapped around her paw, I just try to find different ways to, for for psychologically it to improve my life and the, and the way that I discovered right then was, you know what? 
every time I hang out with Jade, I'm gonna appreciate how she's able to live in the moment. She doesn't know where she's going in life or in this car and she's just, you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Mm. I'm tr- so I try to live like a dog, a dirty dog. The only issue with that is that she's not processing any of that. <laughs> no, she's not. In the way that you would if all of a sudden you were inhabiting her body. If, if all of a sudden your brain was inside her body, you wouldn't be able to embody it in the way that she does. That would be frustrating. Because in order to get to the place where you're just always living in the moment, you gotta be as dumb as a dog. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't wanna be that dumb. Um, when do you think, when does Bar- Barbara knows when she's getting home pretty close or? I think she knows when I'm on the road that goes that goes up the hill to my house. Like I, So the elevation change she, she or something. Be, she be, she, I think she, my theory is she smells home. Not home, she doesn't smell my home, but she smells our neighborhood. Jesse got that, Jesse got that uh, book about all the stuff that dogs can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I don't know what it's called, something about your amazing dog or something like that. <laughs> it's probably not called that. It's got a better title than that because it was like a New York Times bestseller. But it goes through all these amazing examples of how well a dog's nose works. Did you know that dogs that track individuals mm-hmm. who are running from them and have been trained to do this. Talking like an escaped convict type situation? Yeah, like Har- like Harrison Ford. In, in, uh, okay, Fugitive. In Fugitive, which what was his name? Richard, what's the guy's name in the Fugitive? Does it matter? Doesn't matter at all, but it's just one of those things that I wanna know now that I've thought about it. I Richard Kimball. Is that it? Dave Kimball. Richard, Richard Kimball. Kimball. Dang, right? Dang, what, where, where was that? What, why was that in my brain? <laughs> See, that's amazing, the way the brain works, that information was in there. I would've never thought of that again. Richard Kimball came out. Until they come up with the next fugitive. Um, uh, that dog can actually get to a place where there has there is a footprint, and while you, as a human, can look at the footprint and know um, Forensically, which direction? The of, which direction the the foot was going based on the way the, it may the, be. The, the foot looks and the way the foot is oriented? A dog actually can analyze which direction that was going in based on the way the front of the foot and the back of the foot smells, the footprint, and basically the fact that there is a difference in time of when the the front and the back of the foot were on the ground, and they can actually smell the freaking difference in time. They smell in vectors and. It, and, and then there's all this crazy stuff about how like if you're, the, the, the size of the, the room that you can be in with a dog and introduce like one molecule of stink of something, the smell of something, and the dog knows that it's there, like absolutely phenomenal. And they also have the ability to decipher it and categorize it in ways that we never do. I mean, it's basically like, you know, you talk about when a dog's walking around and peeing on things and smelling things, it's like they're getting their email, they're reading their email, you know, the level of complexity that and information that comes to you in an email, it's like a dog walking around smelling. Yeah. So I, there's no doubt in my mind that when we get to like the restaurant that we pass as we're getting to our house, I think the sequence of smells begins to come to Barbara in well, the same pattern. Me. And I think, because what happens is, 
she gets she, she all of a sudden she just, she's not like looking up and like seeing a tree that she recognizes. She's right. all of a sudden we get to this place and she gets up and she starts looking around and she hasn't done that the whole time. And I think it's the sequence. It's like a code of smells that is coming into her brain and she's like, "I'm coming home. There it is. Smelling that house and this house and that's Back the, in the high life again. Exactly. It's like a mm. Dogs a, are amazing. It's a local. It's a localized marker. Now you, know, you show me a cat that can do that. <laughs> uh, that'll change my worldview. Um, they're afraid of cucumbers. Yeah, cats can't even take cucumbers. Now, man, your whole speech has really got me thinking about dogs. I feel like tremendously guilty. Jade sleeps under the covers, and I fart. Oh, uh, but she probably likes it. They like trash. They like the smell of trash. What are you saying? I'm saying that when you fart, Jade is like, my owner <laughs> has just given me a gift from himself in a way that only he can. You a know smell pie. She knows exactly who you are. She knows, she she probably knows how your day went and what you had for dinner based on it's the like, farts. It's like, how was your day? It's like, okay, yeah. I, I learned all I need to know. But I will say that when I do that, she quickly scurries out from You're under the. <laughs> Man, yours can be really intense sometimes. That is. She true. scurries out from under the comforter. Yeah. She gets up next to my head after that. She's like, "I've never smelled that smell come from this end." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I feel horrible about it. Is that a great place to end this podcast? Probably not, but we should anyway. We should end it. Yeah, we should. Um, but hey, listen. Got to gear up. I got. I got to get that RV. Start putting stuff in it. Yeah, I got to start packing. Yeah. Um. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for asking us anything. We tried to answer as many as we could. We didn't get through as many as we wanted to. But you know what? We're gonna do this again. Um. Let us know how you're. How what are you? How are you processing your biscuits right now? What are you thinking about your biscuits? You know. Let us know on the different social medias with hashtag your biscuits. Let your voice be heard. Yeah. We'll speak at you next week. Mm -hmm.